This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, do we have a jam-packed show today, but before I tell you what we're going to be talking about, how are you doing today? My gosh, I am doing great. The sun is shining. It's been hot as balls. Absolute balls. And uh, it's been great. But you know what? There's not an inch of snow outside. I'm not cold. I don't know, man. And I'm, there's I'm no, fat, there's, there's so no I, ice. I prefer the cold. I'm fat, so I prefer the cold. Yeah, you, you like a walrus. You store a lot of that, right? Well, it's this time of the this time of the weather. The reason why, and I've never explained this because none of you have asked after seeing a few videos. The reason why I hacked most of my hair off is because I hated having to rewash my hair daily because of sweat. I just couldn't stand it, so I hacked all of it off. Well, not all of it, but most of it. I uh, wash my hair every day. No, I I do too. But having halfway through the day to rewash your hair because your forehead sweats. Oh, yeah. So you I'm talking you about would, that. Oh, I, I would have to rewash it because it would look disgusting in the front, and I actually care about how I look. Rewashing. Yeah, rewash. Rewash. So I'd have to yeah. wash my hair like five times a day. That's an exaggeration, but you get the point. But we got a jam-packed show today. I'm like a go, burrito. I'm going to go right into the topics after uh, telling you about my sweaty forehead. But we're going to be talking That's about disgusting. two topics to start the show that are kind of one. But if you're listening on YouTube, they are going to be split up into two. We're going to be talking about the kind of the, the happenings going down in Alabama with Cam Robinson and a teammate, how these guys are getting off the hook, basically, because they're football players, and then that'll lead us into comments that Coach Calipari with the Kentucky Wildcats said about this whole situation with stuff that's been going on in college sports. Then we are going to move on into the Washington Huskies. Could this be a team that is a potential college football playoff sweeper? And then we're going to end the show kind of talking about a team we talked about last week, but... Is it finally time for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish to buckle on up and join a Power 5 conference? But, Brandon, we are going to start with Alabama. And basically, if you've been living under a rock, what has happened is a while ago, I want to say it was a month ago, um, Cam Robinson and teammate Lawrence Jones both were arrested in Louisiana for possession of a firearm a stolen firearm, too, and possession of illegal marijuana substances. And they were arrested mid-May, and today it was made known that the DA on their case basically let them go because they're football players. And the quote that I have here from District Attorney Jerry Jones, not Jerry Jones in Dallas, this is Jerry Jones in Alabama, he says, or Louisiana, he says, I want to emphasize once again that the main reason I'm doing this is that I refuse to ruin the lives of two young men who have spent their adolescence and teenage years working and sweating while we were all in the air conditioning, end quote. Well, Ricky, you said it wasn't the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, but he he might as well be because they both seem to be trying to defend and then taking guys who have 
committed a crime of some sort. Jerry Jones from Dallas just brings in a wife beater and Jerry no Jones. No longer on the team, though. Jerry, yeah, thank God. Jerry Jones here. You know, it really sounds like these two guys did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I guess I, I, I want to I say that I understand you never want to see, because you see so much potential in young people, you know? And there are so many young people out there that you look at and you go, what's going on, man? Like, you shouldn't be doing this. This isn't you. And maybe that's where he's coming from. I don't personally know um, Cam Robinson or Lawrence Jones, but maybe maybe he has a better maybe he has a better uh, grasp of of who these men are mm-hmm. uh, as as men as people, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to see that happen. But at the end of the day, just because that is uh, at the end of the day, if it's your son that committed the crime. You can be so you, you didn't you didn't you shouldn't have done this. You're better than this. You're this, you're that, you're the other thing, but you still did it. And I still need to turn you in. Well, here's the thing I think of and first off, I know that like the first thing I thought of was I immediately thought of everything that's been going down with Baylor and I go, "Okay, Benefit of the doubt, is there any way I can defend this decision? And I'm trying to think. I'm trying to, like, say, oh, well, maybe it's not as egregious of an action that what went down in Baylor. But then as I looked at it, I was like, okay, they had a controlled dangerous substance, and they were in possession of illegal firearms, one of them being stolen. And I'm looking at that going... Okay, no, there had to be some, like, there's got to be some sort of punishment from that. And I mean, this thing then brought me back to exactly what we talked about. I want to say it was in our first Baylor video right after it happened. It kind of goes back to the kind of theory I brought up from Colin Cowherd where it was like, oh, big town, a lot of people, a lot of people to see it. Oh, small town, let's cover this up. And this one's kind of not a cover-up, but it's just a, oh, they're just boys will be boys because they're football players. If this was anyone else not an Alabama player or a football player, they would have got maybe even the harshest penalty possible because they don't play football. And to me, that is, I'm I'm stunned. I can't believe that a DA would say, oh, Boys will be boys. Let these football players play because they were out in the sun while we were in the air conditioning, Brandon. Oh, while I was in the air conditioning, Cam Robinson was out there playing football, so we're just going to give him a free pass. And you got to remember, too, Robinson, an all-SEC, a left tackle, a guy and who entering might into be his a junior season. draft pick. Uh, and Mel Kuyper has him as the number seven. Yeah. Top ten number could seven. be a top five draft pick. And then Jones on the other side, um, kind of on the bench his first couple of years, mm-hmm. but uh, regarded as one of the top safety prospects coming out of high school. And you know what? You know what you do? Again, it, it's 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 just one of these things with football lately is that you protect these football players from anything. 
And that just that just can't be the case. People need to understand responsibility, and they also need to realize and be accountable for things that they're doing, right or wrong. You're accountable mm-hmm. for for good things too. You know, you you you're accountable. It's not in the same way. Accountability makes it, it has a negative connotation about it, but you're accountable in a good situation just as much as you're accountable in a bad situation. And that's what people need to learn. And by doing things like this, by bringing if Baylor brought back Art Bryles and said you'll just be on a suspension, you learn nothing. You learn nothing. Here's what I think. If you read the comments from D.A. Jerry Jones to me, I would immediately have said, oh, they must be like, if you didn't tell me who was it about, I would have said, Oh, it must have been two high school kids. Because that now, if it was two high school kids, would I still think that they shouldn't get a punishment at all? No, they should have some type of punishment. But there would be a part of me that says, oh, they're doing this because they're trying to protect stupid kids. Because let's be honest, I, the way I see it, anyone from the age of, 18, even let's say, you know, fuck it, 19 year old down through age of zero. Kids are stupid. We're, like, kids are supposed to be stupid. They don't know any better. That's why they're stupid. And I, I know that's probably not the right terminology to use, but that's just me being blunt with it to where I, this is my own kind of personal experience coming out, but I had a mentor when I was in the teaching game and it was we're dealing with high school kids and I just I remember saying to him, I just don't get it. I I tell these kids one thing, they go home and then they come back and it's like, Did you did you not like pay attention yesterday? And he goes, You'll cause yourself a lot less stress if you just remember to yourself a kid comes up to you and you say to yourself, How can this happen? If you just say to yourself, Because they're stupid, okay, fine, and then you go with it. It'll just save you a ton of stress. And it's true. I'm not saying, like, brain book smart. I'm just saying, like, making mistakes. We've all made mistakes as a kid. Me, you, everybody. But when you're a 20-year-old kid, and I know there's 20-year-olds that also make mistakes, but once you hit that age of 20, 21, 22, you got to start, even 19, I would say. 19 is the age where you got to start thinking. You have to have that ability to... Decide for yourself, this is wrong, and if I get caught doing so, these are going to be the ramifications for me. And the reason why I bring them up with Cam Cam Robinson is because, like you said, this is a kid number seven on Mel Kuyper's big board, on the way-too-early big board coming into the 2017 season. We just saw in the NFL draft what can happen when... Now, of course, Laramie Tunsil, that was none of his fault. Somebody hacked his account and did that. And I hope he didn't post that picture because if he did, then he would have known he was falling. But in today's NFL, where even look at Shane Ray, look at how far he fell two drafts ago just for marijuana. Just for marijuana. Randy Gregory, another one, who fell into the second round. Robert Kimdichie, he would have been... The number one overall pick maybe to the Titans. They would have maybe never even made that trade, but he has his kind of situation that goes on, and he falls to the late first round. So the way I see it is 
something needs like these kids need to be not necessarily punished to where I'm saying, oh, suspended for the entire season, but you can't you can't go into this saying, oh, well, you're fine. Just go back out there and play some football. Win, win us some games. Make Monroe, Louisiana proud because you're from here, man. And, you know, I think, and this is talked about a lot, but I, I think one thing that we fail to remember is that these players, they're human beings mm-hmm. outside of football. Well, they they really are. are going to make mistakes. And, and that's that's the thing. And But, but sometimes... Sometimes, I, I, I hate to I hate to say this, but it's almost like sometimes they don't know better. They they know better, but that's what they grew up with. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they grew up around. And as unfortunate as it is, it's very real and it happens unfortunately all the time. Not to say that they're you know it's okay give them a pass. You don't give them a pass no. because you want to show them this this can't happen. And and again, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. I don't care if you are. The number one athlete in the world, it doesn't or shouldn't matter. You have to take action because guess what? If you did something or if I did something, oh, we I, we may even get the book thrown at us. Yeah, yeah. I may look at the DA the wrong way and get the book thrown at me. You never know. And see, that's that's the whole thing. You, you and I are going to do that because we don't have mm-hmm. that prestige of being an no. Alabama football player or a college football player or being, you know, this athlete or this coach or this politician mm-hmm. or this actor or actress. We don't have that. But either way, it shouldn't matter. You should receive mm-hmm. the same punishment as so-and-so for the same crime, you know, for, for uh, spotlight person A. We should both get the same punishment. Neither of us are above the law. Neither of us. And that's well, that's the whole thing that this this Jerry Jones is saying. Mm-hmm. You are. I don't want to put you in a horrible situation because you already were in a bad situation when we were when we were chilling, when we were living lives, the good lives, you were struggling. You were having to work hard. Well, guess what? There are people all around the world who are mm-hmm. doing that. And you know what? If they did something wrong, the same thing should happen for them. It, it, you know, people just want and, and rage about it. Equality here, equality there. That is going to be going all f- around for everything. Black, white, Hispanic, gay, straight, everything. It's also you have to be equal for person A as you are for famous person A. Well, the one thing I thought of is when I started thinking about it more, I was like, what's one thing we mentioned last podcast when we talked about the Art Brile suspension? One thing that it wasn't a Baylor topic, but it was another athlete from a different collegiate sport that got away with a heinous crime. Yes, it was much worse than Cam Robinson, but Brock the Rapist, the swimmer at Stanford. Another college athlete doing something wrong, getting a slap on the wrist, basically. And to me, that this is the thing from this story that the reason why I'm, quote-unquote, I would say angry, I'm going to use the word angry, is not because I think that, oh, he did something wrong and should be punished. It's the fact that he's being let off the hook just because he's a football player. 
just because he's a student athlete. Because what that is telling student athletes is, A, they can do do whatever the hell they want, and B, they don't got to be accountable. You don't have to be accountable for anything because your actions have no consequences. That's what this is telling me. You get a free pass because you play football. And my thing, too, is, is it's disappointment because you look at guys like this and you look at their potential and you think that even though they may have got off this time, mm-hmm. the the likelihood of it happening again, happening again, it, unfortunately, I feel like it's it's pretty high. And I think that don't throw your talent down mm-hmm. the drain and your opportunity. People would actually literally kill to, to be, be an position. Alabama football player, mm-hmm. especially one of Cam Robinson, who is projected at this point to be number seven next year on the draft board. That is something people would kill for. That, the money, the prestige. Robinson, you've got it. And, you know, it can, it can, you can get it and spend a lifetime working on getting it. And then, gone. Can we play a hypothetical? Yeah. You're Nick Saban. I love this job. You are Nick Saban right now. Cam Robinson is not going to get in trouble from the Louisiana Police Department. How do you punish him within Alabama football? Do you punish him? And if so, what do you do? Yeah, I do. I do. I I, I certainly have. I mean, it's a long sit-down conversation, him and I. He's coming in my office. We're having a long sit-down conversation. We're talking about, we're we're talking about things in general. You know, we're talking about moving forward, uh, because I, I think that a lot of time people they they want to focus on the what what happened. You know, mm-hmm. coaches so much shouldn't focus on what happened. That's that's for people like us to focus on yeah. and talk about. But a coach, what they should be doing, what what I should be doing, if I'm Nick Saban, is. What are we? What are we doing going forward? We're not doing this again. This isn't happening again. And I'll tell you why it's not happening again. You're sitting down. You're sitting down for, uh, you know, when when we're when we're coming our our, our off season, uh, pro you know program routine stuff like that. You're sit you're sitting down for the for the first part of that. You're you're not going to be participating. I'm not going to suspend you from any games, but you are. You need the guy. You need the guy. You're not going to sit him down, and Nick Saban's not going to sit him down. But that you, sets you a are worse precedent. Though. I don't think so. That sets a worse precedent. I, I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so for a guy who has you. You, you sit him down for things before games get started. Obviously, he still has to be in shape. He'll do that. He'll be in shape. But you sit him down for that, and you kind of take him away from being with the team during those things. So he gets a slap and on the wrist. I'm telling you, Ricky. This is not necessarily a slap on the wrist. It is It is saying this is not going to happen again because the next time it happens, it is a game. This isn't a repeat offender. I think the way I see it is, am I saying miss the entire season kind of that type of suspension? No, I'm not going that far. But I, the way I see it is there has to be is he going to be suspended? No. You want to know why? It's exactly what you said. We need him on the field. If we don't have him on the field, we're not going to win ball games. To me, I hear that and I go, it's the same thing the DA said. 
He's a football player. We need him on that field. Whatever you do off the field doesn't matter because you're going to play because we need you on the field. Here's the way I see it, and this is I'm think I'm thinking in my head one of two things. The first one would be same thing you do. Come in, talk to him, say, this is unacceptable. This is what's going to happen. Lay the ground rules. Option A, you're suspended the first two games. Because then you look at the first two games, neutral site game against the Trojans, oh, that's a big game. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt him to sit out that game. The next game, Western Kentucky. You can win without him. My other option, and I'm leaning more towards A, but option B could be in there. If you want to make it even sting more for him and make it feel like it'll never happen again, you tell him three games. Because then not only is he missing the game against the Trojans, he's missing the game against Old Miss. Oh, is that going to sting him as a person? That is going to sting him and be like, Hey, if you don't want if you don't want to sit out these games, don't let this happen again. That's the way I see it. Now, like I said, I'm leaning towards option A because I feel like just sitting out that Trojan game would be enough. But if you want to really make a precedence of I don't want this to happen again, you make sure he misses that Trojan game and that old miss game. Then you get him back for Kent State. And the rest of the games you have them. You are going to be a very, very stern parent. Because if you are if you you're, if your parenting is anything like you are when throw the death penalty at him. Do this. Do that Brandon, right away. And Brandon, I'm not saying it's Do you want a hypothetical a, about that? I, I do, but give me okay. a second. I do. Uh here's the thing though. Is that, and I don't want to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because mm-hmm. I do think that's that it's important. I, I, I think that if the, I'm just saying, if he hold, doesn't miss, miss hold a on, game, hold on. he's not going to think not, any bad. I'm not. It. I'm not done. I'm not done. The whole thing is, is I think that the DA should have done something. The DA doesn't do anything. Why would the football team then have a suspension? If the DA brought forth some charges, then I think, okay, yes, he was found guilty by the law. And I know it's not always, you know, the law doesn't always run the course that it's supposed to. We but think, he should we, get we a think, penalty. We think that he we have faith in the justice system, but we can't always. But I think that you understand that if and you make him understand that if this happens again it's not one game it's not two games we're talking half a season because we're talking a possession of a stolen firearm and a a dangerous substance whichever you know well, whatever that in is the, but in the end I, they basically had marijuana a handgun and then a stolen handgun so they had two handguns on them and, and, and you know marijuana How many people do that? Yeah, but to me, it's not just... If it was just marijuana, we're not having this discussion. To me, it's the firearms. The unregistered firearm and then the stolen firearm. Because to me, that's something where that is... And I'm not saying that the DA... Like, when you say, well, if the DA didn't punish him, why would the football team... Somebody's got to. Because to me, I think it had to be done at the DA level. It had to be done there. 
Now, if you're Nick Saban, you have to do something because I feel like with this kind of an offense, if you don't do the minimalist, like the minimalist for me, you miss the season opener. If you don't do at least that, it's not going to register in his head because how many athletes have we seen do something, not get punished, and then they're back in the same boat? But see, that's 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 the whole thing, though, is that this isn't – for me, it's different. You know, I – this isn't a rape charge. This isn't a sexual assault. This isn't a murder. This isn't a shooting. This isn't any of those things. That's why I said two games. That's why I say no games. That's why I say no games. See, I'm on, and this is the part where me and you disagree because I feel like the reason why I say two is it's a it's a substantial amount. Let's be honest, that Western Kentucky game's a throwaway. He doesn't need to play that game for Alabama to beat them. But that USC game, he misses that game, it's going to eat at him that he's not there for his team. And then you sent the message. That's all you need to do is send the message that stuff like this isn't going to fly. It, it's not that, oh, well, this, this act was so bad and that we need to punish him. No, it's just sending a message. The hypothetical I was going to hit you with because you said that I'm going to be a stern parent is this is the type of father I am going to be one day to my kids. You ever have a curfew when you were a kid? Yeah, I did. Did you ever show up late? Yes, I did. Without telling your parents? Yes, I did. What happened when you got home? Uh, my dad said, do you know what time it is? I said, yes. He said, you were supposed to be home at such and such time. I said, I know. And he got mad for a little bit. Then I sat, da- sat down next to him and we just started hanging out, chit-chatting and, every- and everything like that. Nothing. Nothing happened. You know what I'm going to do in that situation? I'll be sitting there, living room, watching TV. Kid comes in. Just look at him. Look at the clock. Look back at them. Turn the TV off. Go to bed. Talk to him in the morning. The reason why? The mental mind game you just played with that kid. Because now they won't get a good night's sleep. And all they will is think about it. And then you talk to them in the morning. You make them feel bad for doing it. And then they won't do it again. You're going to mess up your kids. I'm not going to mess them up. You just, yeah, they won't be able to sleep that night. Good. Good. It's one night's sleep. They won't do it again. Yeah, they will. They won't do it again. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they probably will. But I think that when it comes to this situation, I don't think... I, I think everything I said in the opening, mm-hmm. everything I said in the opening is true. I don't think that they should be getting off with that because there needs to something needs to come from that from the legal system. But since nothing did, I think that you have the miss a little bit of your you know OTA stuff like that. But I don't think you give them any games. I don't think you suspend them for any games. This is this is. First time, it's not like you're a freshman first time. You are a junior, and I think that uh, – I, I don't think that if they're not giving any, given any suspension, 
I I I would agree with that. I'm going to stick by what I said. Two games. And this is where I want you guys to go down below. Which do you side with? Brandon and the shouldn't be suspended for any games? Or are you going to side with me and say two games? And this is all if the legal system does nothing and they get no punishment from the legal system. Let us know down below what you guys think. But this kind of brings us into the other part of this discussion, kind of part do we can say, of this whole discussion is there's an article put out before this one, and the headline said it clean and clear. John Calipari, coaches know what happens on campus. And he was on the, and I hope I'm going to pronounce this last name right, the Mike Lupica show, and he basically said, and I quote, All I can tell you is this. If it happens on your campus and it happens with your assistants and those people, you probably have a good idea of what's going on. It happens back in their hometown. It happens back with their family. There's no way you can know. You just can't know. All I can say is most coaches have an idea if it happened on their campus. You might not be the first to know about it, but you eventually hear about it, end quote. And this is what I want to do with it. I want to take this quote, and I just want to put Art Bryles and Nick Saban on the table because both of them are on each side of this quote. Art Bryles and what happened with Baylor? Brandon, where did most of the acts that Baylor football is accused of, did it happen on the campus or in the players' hometowns? Happened on campus. Happened on campus. Cam Robinson, did that happen on campus at Alabama or in his hometown? Happened in his hometown. The reason why we're not even blaming Nick Saban is because it happened back in Monroe, Louisiana. Why we are blaming Art Bryles and why he got fired. And there was a commenter in our last video that said that we don't know anything and that he only got fired. He didn't get prosecuted. Yeah, he's not getting prosecuted, but he's getting fired because it happened on campus. And you should know what at least is going on with your team. And what Coach Calipari is saying is, yeah, if it happens on campus, you're not going to be the first to know, but you're going to know. Absolutely. You are going to know, just like Art Bryles knew. Just like Art Bryles knew and didn't do anything about it. Didn't do anything about it. Well, I mean, you could. I know that Coach Calipari didn't say this, but you could also throw in a different coach that I know he didn't name drop because it would look so bad from his side because it's a rival of Kentucky, but you can even throw the whole Louisville Rick Pitino into this bucket and try to figure out what side they are on, and I'll tell you what side they're on. They're Rick Pitino's probably standing next to Art Bryles because where did it happen? It happened on the campus of Louisville. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that, you know, we've we have we have definitely hit home on the fact that Art Bryles, no matter what people say, mm-hmm. no matter what people say in any comment, in any monologue that they want to talk about and defend him. Let's be honest with ourselves. If you want to defend him, you also want to take part in in the ignorance and to be ignorant does not 
lets you escape from knowing. It just makes you become an idiot. And if you want to be an idiot, then go right ahead. Well, and one of the things I want to touch on is from that comment that I was talking about on our last video, the commenter said that Art Bryles, that, that he personally knows Art Bryles, and that he has character and integrity. And my first thought was, okay, he might have character and integrity, but that doesn't change the point that we were making in that podcast. And then the point that comes from John Calipari is what I was trying to say, and I hope this didn't get misconstrued, but I'm going to say it again. The point I was trying to say is, as the head coach, you should know. If it happens on your campus, you should know. If it happens with your program, you should know what's going on. And Coach Calipari, by coming out and saying what he said, what I just read moments ago, that's him just saying, you're right, Ricky. He should know. He probably did know. And then that gets into the other conversation. But that's what I was saying with, I was just saying he should know, and because of that should have been able to or should have done something about it. And that's the bad part that nothing was done after because I know you could say, but Ricky, what if he didn't know? A coach of a college program basically just came out and said, yeah, they probably knew. So I'm just going to go into that mindset of, Art Bryles knew what was going on. I think that I agree completely with uh, John Calipari is that you may not be the first to know. Most likely you're probably not because you're not there when it's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least I I hope you're not uh, because that would be embarrassing that you're at a most likely a college party of some sort and (laughs) that wouldn't look good but i i think that you figure it out you figure it out and and if you're a good coach you you kind of want to know what's going on with your players you don't need to know exactly you know you Mm -hmm. don't need to know that you're going to go out and drink this you just know you just know you but if that's but if that's all you're getting into trouble or not. But if that's all, you know, you you ha- you look past obviously the stuff that you do in your mm-hmm. when you're in college, but you have to understand and know if your players are getting like you said Ricky mm-hmm. into a darker place. Well, and it goes on to the point where I was trying to make this point in the last podcast, but it just didn't happen like that where basically how I see it is and this goes off of what coach Cal was saying is when they go home of course it's not your responsibility because who do they have at home? Well, I'm not going to say that. It's hopefully who do they have at home is somebody, a parent, a guardian, somebody, a grandma, a grandpa, an aunt, an uncle, somebody there for them, a family member, because not all families are created equal, to kind of be that guiding source for them. Like I said, all families are not created equal, but hopefully they have someone like that mentor to kind of steer them to the right path. And you as a football coach, it's out of your control because they're back in their hometown. They're sometimes millions of miles away from you. But when they are on the campus, for Art Browse, it's Baylor. For Rick Pitino, it's Louisville. For Nick Saban, it's Alabama. Once they're on campus, 
you are basically their football father. The way I look at it, you are their football father figure. And if something's going on and it ain't right, you got to step in and let them know, hey, guys, this ain't right. Because guess what? Most times their their actual parents aren't there. And I'll be honest. I'll, I'll use the Baylor one as the example. If there was a Baylor player that actually did the acts that have been accused, they're not fucking telling their parents. Why would they? Their parents would be disgusted in that. You have to be the father figure, the football. Like I, I, I'm calling it the football father figure on campus to guide these kids on the right path because basically they're kids to you, and they should all be your football children. Well, in all honesty, too, and I, I can't say this for every single player because it's not true, mm-hmm. but for a lot of them, that is the only father figure they have mm-hmm. in their life, the only one. And that's why I think so many college coaches are are praised for that, and and people hit home not only, and 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 not I shouldn't say harp on it, but they really really touch on, especially when guys are seniors and they're mm-hmm. graduating, how much this coach did Izzo. for them or that coach did for them. It's because he's so much more than a football coach or a basketball coach. Look at Marcus Page with yes. Roy, Roy Williams. Yes. I mean, even even for some of these guys who fortunately do have father figure, like a, a real mm-hmm. father, you know, back at home, mm-hmm. it's 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 great having another support. It's huge having another support, and I and I think that for these guys, sometimes that's what they need, and that's why these coaches need to be there for them and have some sort of hand in their in their life outside of. Outside of the itself. And before we move into our other two topics, this is where I want you guys down below. Let us know what you think of Coach Calipari's kind of thoughts and what he had to say on the Mike Lupica show. I'm going to put the ESPN article in the description for you guys to see it and read the other quotes that he said as well. But let us know down in the comments section what you think. And we're going to move on to... The next thing we got on the docket, getting kind of into some football now to end the show with our last two topics. And Brandon, the first one, we got to talk about these Washington Huskies, a Washington team that I haven't asked him why, but I know Sean is a fan of the wall. He's he's got his Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He's got his UConn Huskies and he's got his Washington Huskies. I didn't ask him why he's a fan. I never got that answer from him, but you sent me a a tweet and I can't remember who it was from, but basically it was a college football prediction and whoever it was had Washington in it. And you said to me, where the hell did Washington come from? Could they be a playoff sleeper? You know, I, I still remember, I still remember that tweet and it was someone who was on the, uh, Paul Feinbaum show. And I looked at that and that's why I sent it to you because you see LSU I think it was Clemson, somebody else. I, I can't think of who it was. I'm going to look it up. And Washington. And I looked at that, and I go, then I look back up, and I'm I'm thinking, oh, maybe this is sleepers. It can't be sleepers because one of them is. There's only four of them. Yeah, well, one's Clemson. The other one's 
LSU, they're not going to be sleepers. I couldn't believe it. So I sent it over to you. I think you are interested in it as well, and clearly you are and were because here we're talking about it now. But Brad Edwards. At J. Brad Edwards was on the Paul Feinbaum show, and he said LSU, Clemson, OU, which Oklahoma, and then UW, which is Washington. Well, I think that the interesting thing here is that what Washington has is is a big, powerful factor. <laughs> they are a sleeper, and they have sleepers mm-hmm. all over their team. They probably have one of the best defenses and will have one of the best defense, if not the best, in the Pac-12. You know that conference that no one watches because they're asleep. <laughs> well, you're asleep, right? <laughs> Too tired. But... Uh, I think that it's it's really very interesting and a, definitely a team to to keep a close watch on. But there's always so many of these types of teams mm-hmm. in college football each year. It's hard to pick out the best one or the top one. But this is definitely one up there in the top sleepers that could break out category. The Washington Huskies could be one of those. Well, and I mean, this is also a team that, I mean, I'll be honest, last year with Washington, I kind of lost my way with them. But in 2013 and 14, I kind of knew how good they were those seasons. In 2013, they were a nine-win team going to the uh, Craft Fight Hunger Bowl, beating BYU. But I knew how good they were because second game into the season— they played Illinois at Soldier Field and completely dominated. I know it was only a 10-point victory, but they completely dominated Illinois at Soldier Field in Chicago. And then the next year, that 2014 season, an 8-6 and six year, they lost to Oklahoma State in the Cactus Bowl. But I knew that they were good because they had played my Fighting Illini the third game that season in, oh, what is it, CenturyLink? That's where the Seattle Seahawks play? Yeah. They played in CenturyLink and beat us 44 to 19. So I kind of knew that they were like last year I kind of lost my way because they were the Washington Huskies of the Pac-12 and if I was going to watch the Pac-12 it was the Trojans, the Ducks, the Cardinal and this is a team that I look at the Pac-12 and I think if this is a year to strike this is the one. For Washington, because when I look at the Pac-12, and I know that when we get to July, we're going to do our full conference previews for each of the Power Fives, but you kind of look at just their division, the North. Oregon, are they going to, like, what, what do we expect from them this year? They weren't that good last year. They got a new quarterback coming in. You've got, I mean, Cal's all right. I mean, I don't expect much out of Oregon State or Washington State, the only one they have to really contend with is Stanford. That's it. And basically, Stanford to me is just Christian McCaffrey. That's all it is this year because Mike Hogan's not there. They're going to have a new quarterback coming in. So to me, the North, if they can say, hey, we'll be kings of the North this year, they could win the Pac 12 North and go to the Pac 12 title game. Then it gets interesting because then they may have to play some. 
developed teams in the Trojans that I think are going to be a lot better this year. And, oh, could you imagine if Washington won the North and then had to play Jim Mora and Rosen, Josh Rosen, in the Pac-12 title game? Because I think UCLA is going to be good this year. Oh, absolutely, especially with Rosen to see how much better he gets mm-hmm. in his progression along the way. I I absolutely see him doing much better than what he did last year. And last year, you know, I think for a a rookie, for a youngin, uh, he did a pretty good job. So, yeah, Washington, the the Huskies, they, they pose an interesting topic of discussion. That's for sure. I think that they, they have a chance. They have the ability. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. They have a running game, I think, that is going to be, I shouldn't say vastly underrated because Mm -hmm. it's not going to be vastly underrated, but I should say that they're going to have an opportunity to be much better than I think what people think. You look at Miles Gaskin in the running game, a kid who, well, ranked 11th among Power 5 running backs with 200 or more carries in yards after contact per rush and 12th in yards per rush. So, not bad. Not bad. Uh, they've, they've got pieces. Can they put it together? Well, yeah, that's going to be the big kind of a question to me. I think they can put the pieces together. And, I mean, I look at their schedule for this year, and, yeah, they got to play most of the North, but – they open they open up their schedule against Rutgers, Idaho, and Portland State. Can you say win win win? Like, don't even watch those games. They're going to be cupcake cakewalks. Then they get Arizona, and I look at their schedule right now, and I mean, Arizona they can win, Oregon State they can win, Utah they can win, Cal they could win, Arizona State, Washington State. That gives them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's nine wins right there. That means the only games that they got to kind of get through, home game against Stanford, good thing it's at home. Then you play, yeah, Oregon on the road. But like I said, Oregon's, I don't think they're the same Oregon of two years ago in Mark Helfrich's first year. So you could maybe win that game. The big game to me is November 12th when you got to play USC. But good thing it's at home. So you're getting a lot of these key games at home. Absolutely. Whenever you're able to get one of these one of these big games at home uh, behind a, a huge huge uh, crowd playing in front of the home fans that's that's big that's big and I I don't know you know I, I am still trying to grasp the whole the Washington Huskies could be the mm-hmm. team this year out of the pac 12 because that's not something that, I would have ever been thinking coming into the season. I, I just I wouldn't have been looking at them. I would have been looking at your typical teams mm-hmm. that you look at in the Pac-12. Well, and the one thing I think that this season, like you brought up the run game, to me I think this season's all going to revolve around Jake Browning because him coming in, he's a freshman last year, coming in as a sophomore. What kind of improvements are you going to make into your sophomore year. And I'm going to give you two quarterbacks, and we're going to play this game. I'll read you stat one of quarterback A, then I'll read you the stats of quarterback B. I know this is going to be an easy one where I know you're going to pick the one, but I'll tell you the point of this when I tell you. 
Here's quarterback A. You'll you tell ready? me the point of it when you uh, tell me. When I tell you afterwards. But <laughs> here's quarterback A. You ready? A completion percentage of 63.3. Two, 2,955 yards. An average of 8 yards per catch. 16 touchdowns. 10 interceptions. Quarterback rating of 139.7. Let that sit in for a second. You ready for quarterback B? Yeah. A 60% completion percentage, 3,670 yards, an average of 7.5 per completion, 23 touchdowns, 11 INTs, 134.3 quarterback rating. Who are you taking, quarterback A or quarterback B? B. You took Josh Rosen over Jake Browning. And I knew you were going to take Josh over Jake. However, to me, I feel like if Browning could have those kind of numbers, if he could be the Josh Rosen for the Huskies, this team's going to the Pac-12 title game. Like, just cakewalk right to it. Because to me, I feel like this season could be, we are talking Josh Rosen, Jake Browning, who's the best quarterback in the Pac-12. And they're both sophomores. They're both coming in from their freshman season, both from California. Josh is from Manhattan Beach. Jake is from uh, Garnet Bay. I think I said that right. Granite Bay. Granite Bay. That's how you say it. I I am more interested, I think, as to what Josh Rosen will be doing this year. Than Jake Browning. Uh, than Jake Browning. Uh, that's just me personally. Uh, <laughs> I will be following Rosen, I think, a little bit more. on Browning shows me uh, a little bit uh, more of a spark. But I want you guys to down below, we're going to wrap up this kind of discussion. We got one more thing to talk about. So I want you guys who are listening down below, let us know what you guys think of the Washington Huskies. Could they be a college football playoff sleeper in the year 2016? However, we're going to move on. And our last thing that we're going to be talking about on the podcast, we talked about them last week. You can check it out on our YouTube page or if you want to listen to the full podcast with all three topics on our SoundCloud. We talked about Notre Dame and Michigan State probably regaining or restarting their rivalry. Today we're going to look at just Notre Dame. And, Brandon, I'm going to ask you plain and simple, very just right off the cuff, right at you, when will it be time and is it time now for Notre Dame to join a Power Five? It's It was time yesterday. <laughs> it was time yesterday. No, Notre Dame needs to do it. They just need to make the move. They know they want to. They just need to do it, and I think it should be at the end of this season. I think it should be at the end of this season. Now, obviously, they're not going to do it now, uh, but I think that it needs to be done at the end of this season. That's what I think. Well, and here's why I think that I'm I'm with you. The move needs to happen, and this is why I'm saying they need to officially join a Power Five because right now they're kind of – kind of wishy-washy in the sense of, oh, we kind of play the ACC, but we're not a part of the ACC. We're still an independent. And the way I see it is this year could be a big year for Notre Dame because let's say they do go undefeated. They're going to cause a lot of headaches for the college football playoff committee because – well, okay, not this year. 
maybe next year because next year the Big 12 is getting their conference championship back. So we're going to have five conference champions. Let's say you have all these five conference champions. Not only do you have to pick which four of them deserve to get in the playoffs, but on top of it, you need to say, oh, well, this Notre Dame team went undefeated. we got to throw them into it now, too. Because the one thing, if we saw from last year, what is the one thing the committee proved they are going to take higher than anything else? Conference championships. That was last year's theme. They'll come you up think with it's going to be a different one this year? They'll come up year? with a new theme for this year, and it will. It almost has every year. It almost has every year. I mean, we don't need to even be the guys to tell you that. Mm-hmm. You've heard that on all the big networks. You've heard it. And then you go back, you look, and you go, oh, my gosh. It's it's true. It's true. It's always something each year. It's always something different. Next year, conference conference championship won't matter. Won't matter. It will be something completely different. When, you, when they have you looking left, all of a sudden, they are going to sneak out to your right through the back door, and you'll be going, I thought they were, forget it. Statue of Liberty play. But that's what you're going to do. You're going to say, oh, forget it, because they're going to screw with you each year. They've, they've shown it historically. Well, and I mean, even if we looked last year, let's say Notre Dame had a better season last year, and they weren't 10-3. and three. Let's say they were... 12 and 1. Let's put that into consideration. They only had one loss. You look at Alabama, 14 and 1. So they only had one loss as well. You look at Oklahoma, 11 and 2, two losses. Oh, Clemson, they had one loss. They went 14 and 1. Then Michigan State, 12 and 2. Now, last year was conference title games. If the Notre Dame Fighting Irish only had one loss last year. Do you think that the committee would have put them in ahead of Michigan State because they had two losses? Or even a Oklahoma who had two losses as well? You're going to have to repeat that question to me. So, okay, we're taking Notre Dame last year. We're basically saying they're not 10-3, and three, they're 12-1. and one. We had Alabama one loss. Clemson one loss, Oklahoma and Michigan State two losses. If Notre Dame had one loss last year, would they have been in the playoff over either Oklahoma or Michigan State? Yes. Which one? Oklahoma. Ooh, I I would have went with the other one. Why Oklahoma? Tell me why. I go Oklahoma because I, I, I think that people would rather see the the Big Ten team. And and I think oh so you're going which which who's going to get me the most money the more ratings I go with what everyone else goes with I go with I go with what people are thinking I go with the fact that I think I think last year at least coming in mm-hmm. before Oklahoma actually did okay mm-hmm. um and until the end but I I think that. Uh, People saw the the uh, Big Twelve as a yeah they've got a lot of offense but those are the only guys that ever take the field because the defense is not there. 
On the other side, though, I think that they would look at a Michigan State and say, hey, there's definitely offense there, but we've seen good defense. We're going to take the well-rounded team. I think Notre Dame would have beat out Oklahoma if that's the case. Either way, you can't complain because you put them in for Oklahoma, you get a rematch of Clemson-Notre Dame, the game that Clemson lost. Then if you put them in the other one, you get Notre Dame-Alabama, rematch of the national championship when they went there with Manti Teo. So great matchups either way. I would have put them in over Michigan State. And the main reason is, who did Michigan State beat to win the Big Ten? Iowa. What have you said about Iowa that you agree with Colin Cowherd about? Iowa last year, what did they have? They had their fake ID. They had their fake they ID. They had their fake ID. If you beat a team with a fake ID, I'll put a one-loss Notre Dame in over you. That's the way I. That's the way I would see it. Is that's why I would take Michigan State. But I've got a, a really interesting quote go. here Hit from me. from Brian Kelly, and I. I it makes me smile. <laughs> he, he says, "Quote: it. I think my twelve stand up against another team's eleven at any time, and I'm saying eleven. Because one of those games is really an effective bye week because it, because it's an FCS team. Then if they play a championship game, it's my 12 against their 12. And then that's where the committee will have to make a decision. My 12 against their 12. There are SEC schools that are effectively playing bye games in week 11. If there are any complaints I have with the committee, I don't know how you reward anybody and keep them out there in the rankings when they effectively take a week off by playing an FCS opponent, end quote. I love it. Yeah, and I mean, more schools are trying to get away from that. I know they, I want to say it's the Big Ten either this year or next year. They've basically said, you guys can't play FCS schools anymore, which you can say hurts the lower schools like Illinois and um, Rutgers in that because anything to get a win to kind of boost your momentum. But you know what? You're in the big. You're in the Power Five. You shouldn't have to feed off of the FCS schools. And I know I'm probably gonna gonna get a comment, but Ricky Illinois might not even be able to beat any of those FCS schools. And as, you cannot knock them for their comment because they might be. Half true. No, they are half true. But <laughs> things things will change with uh, with Lovey Smith as our head coach. But no, with Notre Dame, they have to join a conference. And I know we've touched on this before, but it, it depends on now which conference do they join. To me, it's it's easy. It's the Big Ten. The Big Ten. My my thing, really quickly. I just want to just want to hit on this point really quick that you had brought up, and, and that what Brian Kelly was talking about in the in the in the quote that I mm-hmm. read. I don't really think there's a need to be playing FCS teams. Play I, what, last year when when we were going through some of our uh, some of our previews and stuff like that. I can that, see and if we, you were like Rutgers and you're a bottom feeder in the Big Ten and just want at least one win. Maybe like a bottom feeder that like you're just you're I'm, bad. Then I can be like, can I, okay, one. How many times do we talk about bottom feeders? No, I'm. I'm just you're right. Say, like, you're right. I'm, we don't. So I'm just what saying, I'm like saying, those teams, I can maybe see, like, okay, you can get one. But do you really think I'm talking about them? I'm no, talking about you're Alabama. talking about Alabama. I'm talking Ohio about State. Ole Miss. I'm talking about yeah. Ohio State. These teams that will go out there on 
you know, week two and play UC any give, where gives a fuck. You know, I just like uh, I, I I don't I don't understand why a good team like that needs to just put throw in another win there because it's not even going to be a quality win. You're going to beat them sixty six mm-hmm. to four. Two safeties for the other team. Two safeties for the other team, but no, I I feel like Notre Dame needs to join a conference. And to me, like I said, it, it's the Big Ten. It's the Big Ten easily because then you get they can play Michigan, they can play Indiana, they can play Purdue, they can play Ohio State. I'm sorry, ACC, you're nice and cute over there, but Notre Dame belongs in the in the Midwest with the Big Ten. See, I. I would tend to say ACC. I would say the ACC because they could get a better competition to get into the playoff. I, you don't think they can comp- they can contend with Ohio State? Is that it? Because no. we all know the rivalry brings them up to where they're even with Michigan. But it's really Ohio State. You don't think, or is it Rutgers? They can't beat Rutgers. That's it. No, I just I've always felt like Notre Dame is more towards the ACC than they are. To see, I've always seen to them the as, Big Ten. It's, I, it's in my heart. I've just always seen them as a Big Ten school. They'd be perfect for the Big Ten. See, too. and I see, and I haven't. I feel like they fit in with the Pittsburghs, the Clemsons, that those types of teams in the ACC. I, I don't know. It's, it's I can't really explain it. Mm-hmm. When I'm growing up, that's where I'm seeing yeah. them. I feel like they're an ACC team, not a Big Ten, not a Big Ten. Well, I just see like their rivalries with. Michigan's a big one, but even like the rivalry with Purdue, and then you put them in the same conference with Indiana, you can kind of start a. No one has a Indiana. rivalry with Purdue. Purdue yeah. did that to themselves by being shitty. But I mean, you can have the Indiana kind of feuds going on, and then the you can have them play Ohio State every year, and it would just be one of the best divisions in college football if you did that, and it would bring the conference. So much money if they did that. And, I mean, if Penn State could ever get their heads out of their asses with James Franklin, then they could be even into the discussion to be a team to kind of bring in some money, playing some Notre Dame. But, I mean, yeah, to me it's the Big Ten, just mainly because I would love to see the Michigan-Notre Dame game be a conference game each year. Each year. Make it matter. Make it really matter. I think that uh, you, you could be in different conferences and still uh, still be able to have that game. Still be able to have that game. Well, before we wrap it up, is there anything we missed with Notre Dame? Anything we missed that you feel like we need to say? Uh, no, I don't. I do not think that we uh, missed anything uh, there with with Notre Dame. Uh, but I do want to say that... Um, the top in, in in this thing that I'm I'm reading, the top celebrity that you don't want to work with is Jennifer Aniston, and I, I feel like a lot of people will find that to be, uh, you know, quite the shame because she's like 50 and people still want to have sex with her, and uh, she was a a Friends star, and people for some ungodly reason love that shit ass show, uh, so. I just thought I would let everyone know that so they can, you know, really feel like they can go to bed tonight happy. 
Okay. Well, thank you for that, and that's going to do it for any time. You know, that's that's what I'm here to do help help really liven up the the well, end yeah. of the podcast. That's why you're here, right? That's why you're here. But that's going to do it for the primetime podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Brandon is at Young underscore Swan nineteen. Most valuable podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Make sure to also check out our Patreon page. Patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. For those of you who want to give a little bit extra support, you like what you're doing, you like what we're doing and what you're doing, but you like what we're doing for you and you want to make sure we can do even more. For those of you who can help us out a little bit, you'll get an exclusive podcast. Only got to give us a dollar and you get an exclusive podcast each and every month. So go check out our Patreon page. Go hit that likes, that subscribe button, that heart, that repost on SoundCloud. Share this to all of your friends. But most of all, thank you guys for listening. Me and Brandon will be back next week to talk to you guys some more about college sports. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.